Hi, and welcome to the Daring to Leap podcast. I'm your host, Lori Phillip. What is the secret ingredient that turns life's obstacles into stepping stones for success? In this episode of Daring to Leap, our special guest, Jasmine Hawthorne, will uncover why growing through grit could be your ultimate game changer in both your personal and professional journey. And don't miss Jasmine's invaluable insights on creating a personal brand that stands out and how you can turn setbacks into power moves. Let's dive in. Our special guest, Jasmine Hawthorne, is here. Jasmine has worked with client-facing business executives for over 15 years in Fortune 100 companies. Her fresh perspective and courageous leadership style has left an influential impact at several iconic brands. As a business owner, Jasmine established the Valley Pearl, a corporate consulting firm providing keynotes on leadership, DEI, and talent. Coaching executives one-on-one and coaching teams through group settings, she is most known for being the leader's coach, guiding good leaders to be great leaders in uncertain times. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate it. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. And I really, I can't wait to hear all the amazing things that you're working on right now and doing. But I really want to get started with you is to hear a bit more about your background. You really had a lot of experience in corporate and for quite a number of years. Can you tell us about your career journey and what really what really caused you to make that change? Yeah. I always say like the career journey is kind of indicative of where you're, where you're headed next, right? So if you think of each job, they may not all make sense, but tying them together kind of tells the story of why I am where I am today. But I started my corporate career as a recruiter. So folks who don't know, that's behind the scenes, almost like a sales job, like how are you finding so mm-hmm. uh, for a while as a recruiter, I then became a supervisor of recruiters and my career started to transition and started to figure out there's this other ways that I can grow my career. So I got into employment marketing and I loved that piece of it. But slowly but surely over the last 15 years, I had about nine promotions that took me from recruitment to the vice president of global campus recruitment. And so three iconic companies, amazing team, but I really just love that life of the world where I got to kind of be the person welcoming in awesome talent at all levels. And so that kind of is why I am where I am today. But to your other question around like, how did I get here? I think making the shift out of corporate into entrepreneurship for me, I have to tell you, I love the corporate space. I love the nuances mm-hmm. and that's more for everybody. And I get most people go, oh, that's strange. But I, I love the intricacy of like, how the business units work together and how we write revenue together. But for me, I realized I started to coach people on my team because that's what I do is make sure that everyone's getting what they need to get better. And then slowly but surely other partners in mine were like saying, hey, can you coach this person on my team? They're struggling with F. I heard you're good with helping them negotiate salary or building their brief or whatever the case may be. Or they're a first time leader. Can you help me coach them better? And with some lovely push from friends and family, they're like, that's a full-time job. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I have my executive role. I've been always talking for really internally and externally for years. And then I realized 
kind of this quiet moment with God. And he said, listen, there's more women to be served outside of these walls. Um, and for me, I'm a mom of two young girls and I want more women to know how to articulate their value, navigate the world of work in a really powerful way, an authentic way. And so making that leap was kind of, I had to kind of be pushed into it, but I, but I don't regret it one bit. Hmm. Yeah, this is so interesting. I haven't heard as much like an external push from somebody who's made a leap. A lot, a lot of examples of internal reasons, anywhere from I was so burned out, I just needed to figure it out, to I really wanted to do this and I just had to find the courage to leave uh, what I had built up for years to go do it. Um, so I love that your f- friends and family were supportive enough to kind of push you outside of your comfort zone. Beyond that push, what was the inner dialogue for you around, okay, I, I worked at some iconic brands, right? Like I have this on my resume Am I ready to go do this on my own? What what did that look like for you? And how did you get past any of those doubts that I imagine might have come up for you? Yeah, the good juicy question. So for me, I think the biggest thing was, um, if I'm honest, I have family and friends and, and people in the industry go, why would you walk away from that big company or that big role? Um but at the same time, I was kind of getting bored. I, I knew how to light things really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I knew how to do it with my eyes closed or if a big situation would, would happen at work, okay, this is how we're going to solution it. This is how we're going to project manage our way out of this. This is how we're going to solve and move forward. And I love that, but it was no longer uh, a challenge. And as a former collegiate athlete, so I used to play volleyball. I'm always looking forward with like, how can I get better at something new? How mm-hmm. can I have something different? And so the thought was, if this entrepreneurship thing doesn't work out, I've got a skill set that I can take anywhere. And I've got holes that I throw down, so I, I will be okay. But the other dialogue, and for me, it's always these whispers from God. I said, listen, I'm not going to jump unless you tell me it's time to jump. And I just remember God said, like, you and these girls will be just fine. And that was uh, the kind of mantra for me. And every time a contract came through or a big opportunity came through in entrepreneurship, um, I heard that you and me girls would be just fine. And everything was, was there for me to step forward. And so I think part of it is just not over orchestrating the broad picture. It's what are the things that I need to do next to make this a reality? What are the things I need to do today? And so breaking those moments down instead of, getting overwhelmed by I'm jumping from this safety net to an unknown base really kind of calmed my nerves and got me to a place of really betting on myself for the first time in a long time. Mm. I love that so much. I got chills when you were talking about those whispers that you received and it's so powerful. And I, I love this connection you have in what you're doing to your daughters And I have a similar one with mine. So my daughter, she's six. And she was born with this big, beautiful, bright personality smile. She has that twinkle in her eye. And at some point, 
My company is called We Spark. At some point, I looked at her and I thought to myself, my job is going to be to help you keep that sparkle in your eye, that twinkle in your eye, that you never lose that spark. Because you know how over time through life, we we get we get bogged down and we lose that. And I just couldn't I couldn't do that for her. That's like my my one thing. And so through that, we can find so much purpose and so much energy to move forward. I love that you your daughter's like an anchor for you and how you operate. And similarly with the women I've been honored to coach in corporate and in executive roles, there is a little girl in each one of them that I can see who's they won't have that trouble. They won't have that tenacious grit that you can do anything. They could wear the skirt and the big hat or boots and just go after their dreams as a little girl. But somewhere along the way in the workplace, mm-hmm. Um, whether it be community or how they are raised or doubt that they've inflicted upon themselves or that their leaders had inflicted on them, that sparkled mm-hmm. in. And so for me, one of the first things I talk about with women I coach is I know oftentimes we won't put ourselves first, but who are you saying no to if you don't go after the next opportunity, if you don't take that next step? And um, for me, it was the same way. I, I could easily put myself on the burner, but I refused to let my uncourageous moment be a no for my kid or my girl or my moment of like uncertainty or doubt be a no for them. Because I refuse to have that moment where they're like, we can't go to Disney or we can't go to that. They have lessons anymore because mom was afraid to step forward. And so mm-hmm. it's personal and also like cyclical. Like I'm going to reach the little girl at the young age, the where I birth and the little girl within the executives that I coach because they're there. And Mm -hmm. we we walk together. And then after that, they're on fire. Yes, yes. I I resonate with that so, so much. We're going to shift gears a bit here, Jasmine. And I'd love for you to share with me. Tell me about Grow Through the Grit. Grow Through the Grit is one of my keynotes um, that I've given a handful of times. Really about this notion that when we hit gritty situations, and mostly in the corporate space or growing our careers, we're not... We're not usually given a roadmap of how to get through that. We, we, we're given a roadmap how to get ahead to enroll or for many other things. But when you get stuck somewhere, what do you do? And like you mentioned, my company called the Valley Pearl. And you think about the pearl, it literally has to go through the grit to be mm-hmm. seen in a beautiful state. And the kind of four nuggets that I talk about are really based on the fact that People will look at me on LinkedIn or, or maybe your podcast and go, oh, she has it all put together. She's so smart. She's, she has her background and that and the third. And the reality mm-hmm. is I've seen so many gritty situations that have prepared me for this moment. And so I never mm-hmm. want people to look at me going, she was born that way. I do have some, some strong DNA and good genes, but I still had to figure out how to grow through the grit. And kind of just some nuggets or takeaways for your folk listening or my note takers out there, the G in grow through the grit is really about giving yourself permission to feel the feel. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. for to suck it up, hold yeah. it in. But mm-hmm. if you're going through a hard time, feel it. It's okay. You're human. I, I would say give yourself a budget of time to feel that, that emotion, though. Give yourself some time. And then the R really is 
rise to the occasion. What is happening in that moment? What is required of you in that moment? Once you've had a chance to feel your feeling. And then as you think about the I, it's really about identifying your people in that state. Who can help carry you through? Who can help guide you through? And then once you make it, because you will, because you're still here, the T is about telling your story. I think that's the powerful piece is that oftentimes we will go through some amazing things or hard things, trying times, and refuse to tell our story out of shame or out of or fit or put together. But that storytelling helped unlock someone else to get to their next level. And so really growing through the greatest, like the roadmap to get you through the hard times so you can get to your best times. There, there's so much there, Jasmine. I love that for so many reasons. And one of them is, and I found this more to be true for myself since I left. I almost see it as when I left corporate, I left my comfort zone. Mm. And so the grit part, the hard times part has been coming up more and more and more for me in more frequency than it had been before. And it's really, from what I can tell, also the most powerful, the most impactful. Because when I hit a wall, when I hit something hard, that is where I have so much room for growth, that grow part. If we just keep doing the same things all the time, there is no growth. And it, I just, so I appreciate where you're coming from and the thoughtfulness around the acronym. I love acronyms. I know my, my corporate friends love acronyms. And to help us like really see the pieces yeah. and the, the storytelling part, I've found that to be more and more true through my podcasting journey because you're right. People, it's, you're going to learn something from going through your own challenges. Yes. And you can help others learn from just the story of your challenges. Yeah. And it's it's almost like when people think, oh, I don't have anything to say. And we're going to talk about personal branding in a little bit. But when, when people think about, oh, I don't know, I don't really have anything to say on social media. I really don't have any thought leadership on this or that. But we do because we have grown so much and we've hit so many challenges. And if you can be vulnerable enough to put that out there, I promise you, and you, and I'm sure I can, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. People resonate with that. People are attracted to that. And, and people will find what they need to find within that story and apply it to what they need to hear in the moment. And it's so powerful. Yeah, I know it's hundred percent true. And I started to think back to when I was coaching women in corporate by day and by night, I had three jobs, but what was connecting and I didn't realize that I was just being me, right? Being authentic, like you said, or being transparent. I was telling them the stories of the time I didn't get the promotion and how I was already doing the work. I was already, all the other leaders were like, oh yeah, Jeffrey's going to get that role. And I didn't, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, I had to deal with the humanity of myself, deal with, oh my gosh, the shame of what are people going to say? And then picking myself back up and putting myself back out there. And so, and for folks who don't know my journey or my story, so there's many, 
for them to just look at where I'm at today, they're like, oh, yeah, of course she's there. Yeah. But when you start to go, oh, she got there in spite of these stories or these stories helped her to build muscle to get to that next level. I think that's so huge and so powerful. And no one gets to the top unscathed. Like we have been through the <laughs> And I just want people to know that's part of the journey. If you lean into it, like you said, um, it can really be part of an amazing story for you to share later. Yeah. And this actually comes up quite often in these conversations that I'm having with people. And it's, you're right. I think when we look at somebody at their, their final, like where they are today, you, it, it wasn't one leap, as you mentioned earlier, it wasn't one step. It's typically, and it's quite messy, a lot of steps and then falling and then steps and falling. But the trajectory over time goes up along the way. And those places, what I've noticed is the places where I've fallen, sometimes those are blessings in disguise. And it's, it's okay, I needed to learn this. And if I hadn't, I would be stuck or I would be in a different place that I wasn't meant to be stuck in. And so good, bad, or indifferent is part of the process. And I I like that you're humanizing it because it is. It's part of being human and part of the growth process. Yeah. Can I can I share something? Yeah, I would love that. My coaching hat is always on and I sometimes try to take it off, but it's there. I remember what one point where I basically built out what would be my new role. And they end up hiring someone else for the vice president role. And every leader that interviewed me was like, you've got this. You're going to be great. I didn't get the job. But after I felt my feelings, rose to the occasion, identified my people. One of the things I did was I went back out to all those leaders and, of course, thanked them for their time. But I said, I would love to still shadow you, be mentored by you see how I could be ready for the next opportunity. And I did my part in that relationship. I drove it to the point now where anyone who's on that interview panel, and if they ever hear this, they're going to laugh. I could call them up. I can text them. And they're like, hey, I got an opportunity for you. I know someone. So though mm-hmm. though I didn't leave the gap I was after, I've got six amazing executives in my corner who know that I know how to triumph through trial, who know that I will keep going after what's next. I will help the person the job which that takes some humility. And because of that, I've built Doc, I've built my brand with them in such a way that they are happy to co-sign on anything I do. And so I think that's part of it too. um, How do you make what looks like a bad opportunity or you not getting what you wanted into kind of a lifelong play that you can pull from? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that story because it does put it into perspective of what's possible after we do the work because it's to your point, there are feelings, there are disappointments, there are hardships that come about when some a door closes or something doesn't go your way. But after that, stepping forward into what is in my control, how can I empower myself in this situation to make the most of it? And that right there is so powerful. And not a lot of people model that in this day and age. So it can really help a person stand out, which is what I heard you do in your approach as I guarantee you none of the other candidates that didn't make it crafted that kind of robust support system following not getting that particular role. 
Yeah. So kudos to you, Jasmine. <laughs> There's a funny like Denzel quote that says, I'm going to leave here with something. I was like, I, I may not get this job, but I'm going to leave here with something. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That's a good one. It's And it's a lot around learning from the through the journey, right? And it's it's not about getting the trophy. It's about the person you need to become along the way to pick yeah. up that trophy. Yeah. And when you get it, you're like, oh, I knew this. I'm good at, you know what I mean? It's it's almost not a big deal once you get there. Because there's nothing worse, and we've all seen this, there's nothing worse than someone getting blessed with the trophy and it being too big or too heavy for them to carry. And so mm-hmm. like, if you haven't been doing the work, putting in the reps, or actually keeping your head down and like getting in the gym, for lack of better words, when you do get it, or if you get it prematurely, are you super and able and capable of carrying it and carrying it well? Because the leadership role that you want is going to require a new version of you. And mm-hmm. are you humble enough to evolve into that person? So, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, I want to talk a bit about personal branding with you. And one of the reasons why I want to bring this up is you support a lot of really great leaders who are in their own right, very competent, capable, ready for that next level. But there's something that's not quite getting them from A to B. And in our conversation previously, a lot of that has to do with personal branding. Can you talk to me a bit about why it's so important? Yeah. And especially for folks in the corporate space who typically may work for like iconic names, will usually kind of rest their laurel on. When I look for a new job, I can say I've worked at a company. And that's great. Mm-hmm. And that's the consumer brand, right? But what's your brand? And so I mm-hmm. think sometimes we inflate our brand or merge it with the company's brand. And quite honestly, there, even if you're one year into your career or you've been in your career 20 plus years, there is time for you to not just build your brand, but establish it. Mm-hmm. We already have a brand, whether you know it or not. And that brand really is the indicator whether your name is going to be mentioned in rooms with or without you. It's going to be an indicator of whether or not people advocate for you behind the scene. Um, and so you want to be more control. You mentioned this earlier, Lori, is control your controllable. You can control your brand. You can control the narrative that's out there if you craft it and put it up there. If you don't, if you're a passenger in your own brand story, people can say, you know what? She's so great. She drank the great food to the potluck. Well, we just love that about her. And all of a sudden, you're known as the potluck lady versus. <laughs> and it's true. Yeah. Like, like, oh, well, this is, I want to look like a team player. Do you see the chief H officer or the CMO bringing in potluck food? No. She, he, he or she's focused on deliverables or cultivating a great team and a great culture. So I, I, and no, not the folks that like to bring food to her. But my point is, what is it that you want to be or become? And what does it take to get there and do those things really well? Um, the branding piece is huge. And I, and I think that it's an opportunity that does not take a, a big lift, um, but it takes some thoughtfulness for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. Personal branding isn't really something I thought about when I was in my corporate career. And when you look at the topic out 
in the on the internet and on podcasts and things like that. It, a lot of it is focused on personal branding for entrepreneurs, for people that have businesses, business owners, and maybe like C-suite types. And so I think we miss something in there that we can leverage this concept as you point out, if you're new in your career, if you're you've been seasoned in your career, what what are some things that a person can do if they're like if they're thinking about, you know what, I do need to work on my personal brand. I need to be intentional about what is perceived about me, my narrative in in my work environment. Where where does a person get started with that? Yeah. I, first thing I'll say is this. Um People cannot buy what they don't know with her sale, okay? So if you have an amazing skill set or a talent that no one knows about, it's because you haven't told them. And as, as simple as that sounds, that's really the starting point. It's sitting down and saying and drafting out, okay, today I'm known as this, or I'm known as the person that is great powerful. And I really want people to know that I'm a great leader or I aspire to be a great leader. Then what are what's the gap? What do I need? In terms of people to get me there, what do I need to study to get me there? What who do I need to connect with to get me there? And so there's then there's this kind of analysis of where I am today and where I want to be and known for tomorrow. And then the other piece of that is then actually getting out there and marketing yourself. And yeah, maybe you're freaked out about LinkedIn. That's okay. We're going to take baby steps. The very first thing you can do is start to tell your leader or meet with other people in the company and say, hey. I'd love to meet with you for a coffee chat. I saw that you had a great piece that you did in the town hall, and I'd love to learn more about that, but I'd also love to share more about me. Most people aren't going to do that. That's how I grew my career. It, I coffee chatted like it was a part-time job. And so when so people knew, and I would come with, here's what I do, and here's what I've done before I got to this role, and here's what I look forward to doing that. Most great leaders, they're, they're excited about what you do today, but they are always thinking future forward. And so they're curious. They need to know who do I have in succession, whether for my own team or other people's team. And the more you brand yourself, meaning pick up the phone, get on some of those Zoom meetings and introduce yourself of what you're capable of, what you want to do next, you're putting it out there. You're marketing or branding yourself in, in a way. And I think that it sounds corny or people say, I don't have time. When, the, when it's time to find a new role and the job description goes up on LinkedIn or on, you know, your, your internet site for your company, that point, it's too late. At that point, 90% of hiring leaders already know who they want. You want to be the person who say, hey, Lori, Friday, we're posting a role and I'd love for you to. Mm. That happens to me, those nine promotions in 15 years, because I'm actively building my brand. I am not waiting for a recession. I'm not waiting for a reorg. I'm not waiting for my boss to leave and take all their knowledge about how great I am with them. I'm sharing my greatness with specific leaders that I know I want to tie myself to. And I think it's not just even the leaders, it's who in your peer group, because someone in that level is going to rise up before mm -hmm. you get a How do you make sure they know who you are and what you're capable of? And that branding, it starts right there. And then kind of the next layer out is like, now, how do we tell the marketplace? How do we tell them on LinkedIn? And that more in your control than you think. Mm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. When you were talking about it, I was thinking about 
it sounds to me like very purposeful networking with a with a lens of a piece that we've missed before on networking is already kind of knowing how you're going to present yourself in that environment in advance. Yeah. And and so it's not like you're just showing up at the coffee chat and you're just like, so how's it going? And what are you working on? And what are you have a idea already of of all the things that you've worked on and where I want where I am now, where I want to be, those gaps you talked about. And so I haven't thought about it in that particular way, Jasmine. I appreciate you bringing in that perspective, especially since you have experience doing it yourself. One of the things that I know listeners might be thinking about as we talk about this is, yeah, that sounds great. But what if, like, how do I get comfortable talking about myself in this way? Because one of the common things I've seen in talking to women after women after women is that we are just not great at promoting ourselves and we feel like we're bragging. We feel like, oh, well, they didn't ask, so I'm not going to tell them kind of thing. Or even internally downplaying your own capabilities. So if somebody were to ask, you wouldn't even give them the, the basic facts of, mm-hmm. of what you've been up to. How, mm-hmm. how should a person handle dealing with those types of self-doubts? Yeah, I, and all of that is normal. So I want to say that. So you're not like in an island by yourself going, I'm the only one freaking out. No, been there too, right? Even when I renegotiated my salary in a role that I was already in in corporate, I was still like, oh my God, who, who, who am I to raise this, right? They should know. They, but here's the deal. Most leaders, including myself, they know their people, but they're also busy solving so many issues that they don't know everything. Or they're not in tune as you think they are. And it's not for mm-hmm. lack of fear or concern. Um, they're just also trying to deliver. And so it is part of our job as individual contributors, as leaders, to make sure that the people who pay us know darn well what we're good at. That is part of our job. Um, mm-hmm. I remember one of team for who I had no clue she was great at presenting. She just was really good at spreadsheets that we our spreadsheet queen, give her the things to do, pivot tables, and she killed it. But when I gave her a mic to do a presentation, I was like, we need to do more of that. She's like, I already just didn't know if I could. And here's the thing. The more that the people who pay were capable of, the more recession-proof you become, mm-hmm. okay? So if they always see you with these one or two skill sets and that skill set's no longer needed, then it's, well, we really like her, but what we need actually is this. And they have no clue that you're capable of it. So it's number one, it's part of our due diligence as people in a corporation to advocate, not even advocate, make sure people know. Like here's your stuff we're good at, right? And you could showcase that in your day job. You can showcase that in part of the employee resource group. There's so many ways for you to showcase leadership skills in other aspects. The other thing I would say is if you're scared, pull out that cell phone of yours. You're on it anyway. I'm telling on you. You're on it anyway. Pull out that stuff and record yourself having this conversation. Okay. So you might even go to chat GPT and draft up like how to have this conversation with my leader or how to, how to open this conversation up to share about myself. Come up with a little script, a few bullet points, but record yourself. And what you're going to do is have this honest conversation of, Ooh, I didn't like how I said that. I really like that. I should have found it there a bit. 
you're the only one who's going to be able to hold that mirror up to yourself and give real-time feedback and adjust. And mm -hmm. you can perfect what you don't produce. So produce the video, record yourself having this conversation. It's going to feel weird. You're going to sweat a little bit because you're human and you actually care. And then go, okay, I'm going to do it again. Give yourself about three time recording and then go meet the person. Because here's the funny thing. Most people aren't going to go have these meetings and you are literally re-engineering your DNA to say, I can do hard things. I can mm -hmm. do hard things. And now they go do the next one and the next one. And all of a sudden you're planting these seeds that chill off the self-doubt, that chill off the imposter syndrome. And you're replacing with, you know what? This was difficult, but I figured it out. This was difficult or flooded through it. But like, I got the call. They answered my phone call. Someone goes, how did you know that executive? Oh, we had a copy chat. And so I think part yeah. of it is these tools. So to just be clear for the folks that are taking notes, record yourself, okay? Record yourself and then make the edit as you go. There is so much wisdom in there, Jasmine. It is so true that we have gone through and learned and grown and taken on challenges and overcome them so many times in our life. And when we allow ourselves to let that sink in and when a new challenge comes up, say, you know what? This isn't the exact same challenge. It's never the exact same challenge. But I can deal with challenges because I've done it here. I've done it here. I've done it here. And I have lived to see another day. And yeah. I'm a better person because of it, right? And so well, there is always a fear when you when somebody tells you to go do something new that sounds uncomfortable. Putting ourselves out there is uncomfortable. But Jasmine gave us some real tangible benefits of why we need to start doing these types of things as part of our day-to-day -day because of the realism in the environment. Like, we're not we're not in these careers anymore for 30 years, right? People need to know what you're good at. And and I love the reframe, Jasmine, around it is like your employer knowing what you're good at is part of your responsibility to tell them. And I, I had not thought about that way before, but it it makes so much sense. Like how are they supposed to know that you can do this or that? So I appreciate you bringing that in for sure. We're going to start to wrap up the conversation a bit here, Jasmine. I'd love for you to share any last closing thoughts for our listeners who are women really looking to get out of their comfort zone and take that next step forward and be more intentional about what they want and choosing to go after it. What, what, what messages do you have for them or last thoughts? Yeah, I'd say number one, it's never too late. So I mentioned before, whether you think you're further down the road in your career or not, it's never too late to start to become the next version of yourself. And it, it's required in the next season of where you're going. So it's never too late. Number two, um, get in community, um, whether it's whether it's a virtual community and you're listening in through Lori's podcast or you join up with a coach in a community. Um, there's something beautiful about going through a shift with others that hold you accountable. And to that third piece about accountability, uh, share with someone that you trust of what you want to do next. I mean, oftentimes in my career, it would have been my director leader that I was sharing some here's my stretch thing that I want to go after. And I'm 
tell them because it was also holding me accountable to deliver on it. But maybe mm-hmm. it's a friend, maybe it's a spouse, but share with someone what you're wanting to do so that you kind of don't just slide into the abyss and, and miss the mark of delivering for yourself. And the last, last thing is at the end of the day, there's going to be moments where you feel like it's easy to give up on yourself. It's easy to go, eh, it's not my time. I would just beg you to think about who you're actually saying no to. Right. Mm-hmm. And then earlier, my, if I say, if I don't step up in an uncomfortable time, I'm really saying no to my girls and I will never say no to them. Right. Like I want them to have everything available to them. And so think about who that is for you. And sometimes that can be a great driving force of you getting, getting out of your comfort zone enough so that you can take the next step. Thank you so much for that, Jasmine. I really appreciate it. If you could share with our audience where they can connect with you and learn more about you and your work. Yeah, please. So you can find me at our LinkedIn, Jasmine Bland Hawthorne. You can find me on Instagram at the Valley Pearl or www.thevalleypearl.com. So yes, you can connect with me on all channels, all platforms. Well, I really appreciate your time, Jasmine. You talk the talk, but also walk the walk. I heard so much vulnerability in your sharing of your story and others, and it definitely came through, and I really appreciate that. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate it, and can't wait to hear about your audience applying some of these and sharing back what they've learned or how they've implemented. So best of luck to y'all. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, I would love for you to subscribe. If you're already a subscriber, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend. Make sure to tune in next week. Our special guest, Randy Roberts, will be here to teach us how to get our spark back in our careers. I hope you have an amazing week. It's your time to shine. Bye.